Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Not Your Average Tea Time Podcast. I'm your host, Tobaria, and this is going to be a fun one here. The Jets came out and actually upset the Cincinnati Bengals. The 5-2 and two Cincinnati Bengals at the time were the number one seed in the AFC, and they were projected to just walk all over the Jets. But the Jets got some things brewing over there, so they came out and upset the Bengals 34-31. I know a lot of people may have lost money on that. A lot of good things happened from with the Jets here, so let's jump right into it and talk about all of the good and some of the bad that happened. So right off the bat, this was Mike White's first NFL start, and everybody thought, myself included, that he's going to be terrible. I owe Mike White an apology. I think on the last podcast, I called him Luke Falk 2.0, and he looked miles and miles better than Luke Falk ever did on his best day. So Mike White, my hat's off to you. I apologize. Another player I have to apologize is Ty Johnson. Ty Johnson, the running back for the Jets here. He really has stepped it up in pass protection and as a third down back, especially in this game. He worked on that a lot, apparently in practice, and he showed up and was an asset out of the backfield, catching the ball, along with Michael Carter, and that was a big thing for why the Jets were able to shock the Cincinnati Bengals. Normally, when Zach Wilson's back there, he's looking to throw down the field. He does not like to take the check down, and I think that's one thing that Mike White did consistently during that first drive because he was constantly under pressure because, spoiler alert, our guy, friend of the podcast, Greg Van Roden, right guard for the Jets, was constantly under pressure, and so... Because of that, Mike White had to get the ball out quickly. That's one of the things he did very well. He was decisive in getting the ball out. And as a result, he was the first quarterback to pass for over 400 yards in 20 years since Vinny Testaverde did that. I wasn't even a fan of the Jets when Vinny Testaverde was their quarterback. I think I might have been the Vikings fan, to be honest with you. Mike White did have some mistakes. He did have some errors. It looked like that... The two interceptions he did have came from tip passes. I'm actually in the middle of watching the broadcast back right now. Those two interceptions, when you put it in context, he had two interceptions, but he still was able to throw for three touchdowns and 405 yards. He only missed eight passes. He was efficient out there. He was decisive. He knew exactly what he wanted to do and where he wanted to go. A lot has been made about this game, and a lot of people are asking, so what was different? How did they get embarrassed by New England last week and then come back and defeat the number one ranked AFC team? Like I said, there was a lot of things that happened, and I touched on the Mike White piece of it. He came out, he was decisive, took the checkdowns to his running backs when he needed to, and they created yards after catch. The Jets had the most yards out of catch in like the last five years, I believe, something like that the stat was, and that is how this offense is supposed to run. While we saw with Zach Wilson, he consistently tried to go for the deep shot down the field instead of just getting the ball to his playmakers and letting them make plays. Zach Wilson being hurt, hopefully he can go back. Hopefully he does go back and look at this game. Look at how Mike White operated the offense and say, I can do that. That is easy. I need to stop trying to be Superman and let the team play ball. Stop trying to play hero ball and play team ball. They really got everybody involved this game. LaMichael P. Ryan had one attempt for three yards. 
That's one more attempt than he's had all season. Denzel Mims had three targets, two catches, 30 yards, fit, average 15 yards a target. Today was the NFL trade deadline. A lot of the reporters have said that the Jets were getting calls and offers and saying, hey, what can we get for Denzel Mims? The Jets decided that, you know, we're not going to trade him. He's an integral part of his team going forward. We need him. So he stepped pat. I also was shocked to see that Marcus May did not get moved by the trade deadline. So he's going to still be around. If he walks at the end of the year, the Jets can look to get a compensation, a compensation, compensatory pick back. One of the highlights of the game, though, is on the Mike White tip pass, it looked like the Cincinnati Bengals were going to score on a pick six. But when you looked at the replay going back, Denzel Mims and Elijah Moore turned on the Jets and ran down the defender and stopped him at the one-yard line. Now you're thinking, okay, they stopped him at the one-yard line. The Jets are terrible. They're going to score, right? Not so fast. The Jets somehow, someway had a goal line stop, and they kept the Bengals out of the end zone. And looking at it now, Jamar Chase had a drop that would have been a touchdown on third and goal, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about how the Jets stopped him. And it's kind of curious. The Jets kept lining Jamar Chase up one-on-one with Brandon Eccles. So I'm guessing that they really, really have confidence in them. Otherwise, they wouldn't have done that. On fourth and goal, Quentin Williams showed up. He's on pace for 10 sacks. He got a sack to stop Jamar Chase. Not Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow. And on the very next play, fan of the podcast, podcast favorite, Elijah Moore came through on a nice little jet sweep. Elijah Moore was targeted because you know I got to talk about it. Six times, he caught all six passes for 67 yards. Longest one went for 24. No touchdown this week, but I have a nice little side bet going on with a couple of good friends and brothers. Who's going to have the better season this year? Elijah Moore, Jalen Waddle, or Devonta Smith? This week, at least, Elijah Moore had the better year. Overall, I'm currently in last place, slightly losing to Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle is in the lead for yards and touchdowns, but the season's long, and if the Jets keep having an offensive output like this, then we're going to be in good shape. So let's continue about some of the things that were different this game versus previous games that allowed the Jets to have this kind of offensive output. Michael LaFleur, the offensive coordinator, was in the booth, and normally he's on the sideline with Zach Wilson. So I guess this time around, Mike White was like, I don't need you down here. You can go into the booth. And the Jets, being 1-5, said, you know what, we got to try something different because you have, having Mike LaFleur on the sideline is not really working for us. Our offense does not look good. So he sat up in the booth with Zach Wilson. And this is another reason why I think Zach Wilson has a chance to take something from this game about the checkdowns. And Mike LaFleur has the – opportunity to call a game similar to this one going forward because afterwards Robert Sala the New York Jets head coach said yeah he's gonna stay in the booth from now on I know Zach liked him down there but if we can have 405 passing yards every week if he's in the booth we're gonna take that so look forward to see Michael LaFleur in the booth calling plays down to Zach Wilson and hopefully he can continue this output that Mike White had when he comes back 
one of the things that people talked about was why does it matter? Why does it matter where the offensive coordinator is at when he's calling plays? A lot of the draft pundits and media pundits have all said that when you're up in the booth calling plays, you can call plays that set things up two or three steps ahead. And that's why we saw a better game plan, it looked like, when the Jets were out there because Mike LaFleur was able to call different things and set up plays, two or three plays in advance that kept the Cincinnati Bengals defense on their heels. Another thing that cannot be underappreciated, if you want to call it that, was the return of Jared Davis and C.J. Mosley to the middle linebacker position. After the Jets got literally ran out of the building against New England, them coming back kept the Cincinnati Bengals rushing attack to just like 41 yards rushing on the ground. They were not able to get anything going because those big hitters were back there. Speaking of our big hitters, we got to give some love to Shaq Lawson, the defensive lineman. He definitely got the first interception the Jets have had all season, and they played, this was their sixth, seventh game so far. They're close. They're going to get some interceptions, but Shaq Lawson's interception came at the best time. The Bengals were driving. The Jets had just scored. They needed to get a stop. Joe Burrow's pass gets tipped, and it falls right into Shaq Lawson's hands, and the Jets went on to score and take the lead, and that's when they held the lead for the rest of the game. The Jets have really come a long way from some of the previous episodes that I talked about where Braxton Berrios led the team in receptions and the team just looked flat. It looked like they couldn't score. Another thing that to mention here, I almost forgot, they didn't even have Corey Davis this game. He had hurt his hip early in practice week, so he was out. And the Jets still were able to put up 405 yards passing. That's impressive. Hats off to Mike White and Michael Carter, who ran hard. He had like 173 yards of offense. He was a big reason why the Jets were able to score so much. But now we're going to move on real quickly and preview the Thursday night game, the New York Jets versus the Indianapolis Colts. Currently as it stands, Indianapolis is favored to win by 10.5. I don't know how... Indianapolis is favored to win by 10 and a half when you have Carson Wentz who just throws interceptions like they're candy. He's Sam Darnold 1.0. He was Sam Darnold before Sam Darnold was Sam Darnold. And with the Jets improved defense and their newly found offensive output, I find it hard to believe that they're going to lose by 11 points if the Bengals couldn't beat the Jets by 11 points. That's hard to say. It's hard to fathom. But they're not going to lose by 11 points. I do think after a tough loss to the Tennessee Titans in overtime last week, the Colts are going to come motivated to win and play hard. But I think they're going to be a little emotionally drained for how that game ended. So they might come out flat again like the Cincinnati Bengals did. They might sleep. And like C.J. Moses said, the Jets might beat their ass. I don't know. I'm hoping so. But I will say this, and it's going to be a podcast topic for future episodes. If the Jets beat the Colts this Thursday, they may only lose one more game to close out the season. I know. I know. That's a that's a that's some that's some bold talk. It's still the Jets we're talking about here, but hear me out. They have a soft spot in the schedule coming up. They play the Dolphins twice. 
the Bills, the Texans, the Jags, the Bills again, the Saints, and the Buccaneers. They play the Buccaneers and the Bills to close out the season. I think that they'll lose to the Bills no matter what happens. And I believe that the Saints cannot score the ball without James Winston. If Taysom Hill is back there, the Jets win that game. If Trevor Simeon is back there, the Jets win that game. It might not be a high-powered 34-31 game, but I think the Jets win that game. How is season going right now? The Buccaneers and the Bills might rest their starters to end the season. If they rest their starters to end the season and the Jets continue playing well, that's a lot of ifs. But I think they can beat those two teams. The only game that they will lose to is the Bills coming up after this Indianapolis Colts game. And the big question on everybody's mind here is who's going to be the quarterback for that Buffalo Bills game? Is it going to be Mike White or is it going to be Zach Wilson? Zach Wilson, the earliest he can come back is going to be next week against the Buffalo Bills. I think they hold him out that game and they wait until the following week when they play the Dolphins to bring him back because the Dolphins are not a good football team. It can be a nice way to ease Zach back in and say, hey, show us what you learned while you were out. The caveat here is, and a lot of people are saying this, if Mike White goes out and gets the W against the Colts and looks good, okay. It's the Colts. They're kind of struggling. The quarterback play isn't good. But if he comes out and gets a W against the Buffalo Bills, then we got to have a conversation because Zach Wilson has not looked good. So people are wondering, can you really bench Mike White if he's playing good and keep the locker room? I think the answer is yes. They're going to have to because they just spent some money to bring in Zach Wilson's personal quarterback coach, John Beck. Travis, your favorite quarterback from the Washington football team era. He is now a member of the New York Jets coaching staff. So they really have crafted an environment for Zach Wilson to be successful. They brought in his personal quarterback coach, John Beck. So he has somebody to bounce ideas on. Hey, what can I do here? What can I do there? How can I fix this? He has somebody to have those conversations with on the field during the game. Then he has Mike LaFleur, who can call the game three plays ahead. He's playing chess, really, with the defense, setting everybody up, up in the booth. That puts both of them in position to be successful. Also, the Jets traded for a right guard. I don't know the dude's name. He's a right guard for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's a doctor. He did not play last year. He opted out due to COVID. And this year... He broke his hand in August, so he hasn't played much. He was active last week, but the Jets traded one of our backup tight ends. I think his name is Dan Brown for him. I say that to say this. The Greg Van Roden right guard era of almost getting your quarterback killed might officially be over by the time Zach Wilson gets back. With that, let's have some fun Thursday night. I think the Jets get a dub. I think they win... 24-17. That's just my bet. 24-17. With that, thank you for listening to this episode of Not Your Average Tea Time Podcast. I'm your host, Tabaria. Till next time. And the whole of the Jets! Can't wait!